Hello, hello! Welcome to Cryptid Creation, where I tell my friends about the weirdest and greatest cryptids in the pursuit of crafting one of our own. I'm Cal. Free. I'm Grace. And I'm Rye. Our sixth and actually final cryptid inspiration of the season, um, as a heads up, might get a little gruesome because this one has a death count. <laughs> Woohoo! I'm seeing a lot of shocked faces. This is gonna be a fun episode. Don't worry about it. Is this cryptid out for revenge? I think this cryptid's just trying to get by, honestly. Which, fair, we haven't gotten into a whole lot of cryptid diet talk this season. This one's just very openly a carnivore. <laughs> um, so this cryptid has been spotted all over South America um, and the southwestern United States. Although there have been some sightings as far as China and the Philippines. Can I guess what it is? You absolutely Wait, can. We, can, we, can. can we all guess and like see if we're right? Yes, please. Is it the Chupacabra? I was also going to guess the Chupacabra. <laughs> it sure is. Yes. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Chupacabra. Um, and <laughs> I'll include another disclaimer right here. Um, the Chupacabra is pretty obviously a cryptid that belongs to predominantly Spanish-speaking parts of the world. Um, so while I did my best to be respectful and look up correct pronunciations, um, I am very aware of the fact that I'll accidentally bastardize some things inevitably, so apologies in advance. Um, so there is some discrepancy on when the legend of the Chupacabra started. Um, one of my sources claimed that there have been sightings in Puerto Rico as early as the 1970s, um, while another says that newspaper stories from the 1950s hint at the creature's presence. Um, but either way, I was really surprised by how like young the chupacabra is in retrospect. I, I guess I took it for granted that it was one of those like ancient creatures that's been around certain locations for generations. Um, and in my research, the Britannica characterized the Chupacabra as the South American version of Sasquatch, which definitely contributes to the idea. Sasquatch has been around here forever, as we have established. Whatever the span of Chupacabra sightings really is, all lore and sources that I found attribute the first quote-unquote true sighting to a report in Puerto Rico um, during March of 1995, as this instance brought the chupacabra into the public eye. And here's where we get into it. Eight sheep were found dead and drained of blood. Woo. That right there's the goat sucker, baby. <laughs> it's the goat sucker. Um, so... These eight sheep were found dead, drained of blood, and when investigators took a closer look at the bodies, they found three strange puncture marks on their chests in the shape of an upside-down triangle. Um, I always hate when people say it's an upside-down triangle, because what if you're just looking at it upside-down? A triangle from any other perspective. Yeah, what determines the direction of the triangle? Maybe all triangles that are this way, that are like the, the traditional way, are upside down. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, that's a good point. Also, like all of the sources said like, ooh, scary, upside down triangle. They don't specify if it was like a nice isosceles, 
Equilateral? What kind of triangle? I like the idea of it being a scalene triangle. They just saw three holes in, somewhere in any, like, formation and were like, yeah, <laughs> triangle, baby. Also, how big is this triangle? Because if it's, like, a tiny equilateral triangle, that's something. If it's, like, across the whole body of the sheep, that's just three holes in separate places. Oh, fair enough. I know it was located to the chest area. That's all the information it provided. I can't tell you how big the triangle itself was, but I can tell you how big the holes were if you want. That, yeah. Um, big enough to almost fit a full human finger. I thought you were just going to stop with big enough. <laughs> holes were just big enough. Big enough. <laughs> To kill a sheep. That's all you need yeah. to know. What? He- that's- mm. First of all, yuck. <laughs> Second, now I'm curious what finger. And whose finger. Another good point. These are all very subjective forms of measurements. Are these some thick, like, Gaston digis or... The delicate <laughs> bell digis or something? What's oh, up? Oh boy. What are we talking about here? Show me the fingies. Show me the fingies. Show me the Carfax. <laughs> um, not sponsored by Carfax. <laughs> not sponsored at all. Um, so the circumstances around these sheep's death was unusual for sure, but in the end, um, the death could only be contributed to known predators in the area, because yeah, what else are you gonna do? Um, in August of that same year, though, in Canavanas, um, this time, Madeline Tolentino became the first eyewitness of the creature's existence. She looked through her window and spotted a bipedal animal with its arms held in an attack position. Um, which, again, pretty vague. I'm just picturing the sort of, like, vampire creeping motion. You mean, like, the generic, like, sneaky Scooby-Doo walk? Exactly, yeah, the villain's, okay. like, following behind. Yeah. <laughs> um, not too long after our little, like, super villain walking, um, in Caguas, a homeowner had a much closer encounter with the cryptid as a beast with, um, apparently hairy arms and red eyes burst in through the window into a bedroom tore apart a child's teddy bear, and disappeared back out the same window. Okay, so you're telling me that the chupacabra Kool-Aid man into the room, <laughs> decimated a teddy bear, and was like, I, I've done my duties, and like, left. You're welcome. Yeah. I did what I came to do, yes. Um, it even left a little calling card as a thank you, or I guess a you're welcome note, um, in the form of rancid meat and a puddle of slime? This is a fun guy. I'm loving. I'm loving the chupacabra. This is like anti-Santa. <laughs> I'm coming to steal your teddy bear and in exchange I give you rancid meat and slime. <laughs> I gotta ask, um... How much rancid meat? Because rancid meat, I'm pretty sure, will kind of slime on its own. Or how much slime, I guess. Because rancid meat will slime on its own. 
Not to get, like, extra yucky with this. I am glad to say I have no idea. <laughs> I'm trying to imagine a world in where the chupacabra is, like, trying to help. Where it's like, mm, these sheep, they're sick, gonna kill them. Or, like, oh man, this teddy bear, something's wrong with it, it's cursed. Bye, here's some meat. Here's it's what, just, like, maybe stupid. Here's what the reports won't tell you, is those sheep were planning a revolt against the government. I mean, sheep are animals that can get prions disease. Ooh. <laughs> One of my legitimately worst fears. God, honestly. So, does that mean the chupacabra is kind of like a cat, where it destroys all of the things that you love and then brings you weird dead animals? <laughs> <laughs> leaves the head of one of the sheep on the farmer's doorstep like look what I got you dad Yeah, <laughs> you proud of me there you go. see I love this guy there you go the chupacabra is just doing its best true cat wildlife style um over the full course of 1995 very busy year for the chupacabra or multiple chupacabras. Um, this cryptid was blamed for over 1,000 mysterious animal deaths, all seemingly from blood loss. Um, and these reports, as mentioned at the head of um, this episode, spanned across countries ranging from Colombia to Brazil to Mexico. So just all over, specifically the Southern Americas. As the creature responsible for these livestock killings became more widely known, it needed a name. And the term chupacabra was apparently coined by a Puerto Rico or a Puerto Rican comedian named Silverio Perez um, while he was commenting on the attacks over the radio. Can only imagine what that broadcast was like. <laughs> Wait, so you mean that he did this podcast before we did? Damn it. Well, I guess we have to wrap it up, folks. It's been yep. a fun six, was, it, five and a half. Thanks. Signing off. Thanks for listening. But you know what? I don't know if he recorded those broadcasts. So the joke's on him. We're still here. <laughs> um, And as Grace mentioned earlier, um, he derived the name from Chupar, meaning to suck. And cabra, which means goat. Goat sucker. Um, more and more witnesses' accounts poured forward, and in Canavanas alone, over 30 citizens claimed to have seen the chupacabra firsthand. Some even claiming that they witnessed it swoop down from the sky and jump over treetops. More evidence that it's a bird! <laughs> It's always the birds. The sandhill cranes at it again, folks. Well, I don't know if sandhill cranes are in, like, South America. But I'm sure they got something. Grace, exactly. You'd never suspect the sandhill crane in this case. <laughs> um, you said that distinctly it was bipedal, right? Because I was I always under the impression that, like, a chupacabra was, like, a dog. Mind you, I don't know basically anything about it but i was always under the impression it was like a dog <laughs> well see this is where 
um, Chupacabra facts get a little bit interesting because um, Chupacabra sightings get grouped into two separate camps. Um, this reptilian, which leans towards bipedal Chupacabra, and the canine-like Chupacabra. So you are on exactly the right pl- path here. I just googled Chupacabra and I'm getting like a lot of pictures of what looks like a starving greyhound. So maybe it's just a greyhound in desperate need of orthodontia. Trust me, we will be getting into that. I have a lot of notes on that specifically, that theory, yeah. Um, But in terms of... Nasty boy. That's just, that's just the hell dog, hellhound from Good Omens. It that, looks kind of that's like, him. um, like the werewolf in Harry po- in the Harry Potter movies. Mm. It sure does. So our options between this are a werewolf and Godzilla. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. A very tiny, okay. teeny tiny Godzilla. But Godzilla Maybe it's just a baby. Just take a it's just Jesus a Zilla. It's a Jesus Zilla. <laughs> a baby Godzilla. <laughs> Excellent. Perfect size for munching goats. Um, so in terms of description. Ooh, now that we're reaching the art form of the section, I don't know if you guys want to, like, pick and choose which Chupacabra to draw or draw them both. I'm just here for the party. I don't have to draw anything, baby. Um, in terms of descriptions, though, we were going to start with the reptilian version, um, since this one best fits the original sayings and descriptions. Um, and this version is also notably the most common in Puerto Rico and Latin American countries, um, while the canine one is typical for the southwestern United States, which is probably why that's the version this group is most primed for. I I don't know if it's too early for this theory, but uh, I think chupacabras may have evolved differently in separate areas. (gasps) Ooh, an interesting point. Improvise, adapt, overcome. But for the reptilian one, eyewitnesses consistently describe this creature as between three and five feet tall and monkey-like but with no tail. It has um, large oval eyes, think of those like stereotypically alien eyes, um, gray or greenish skin, fangs, um, and a notably long tongue. Mm. I would like to say monkey-like but with no tail is... um. I believe the term for that is ape-like. And also, that could just be a guy. <laughs> Mayhaps. Between three and five feet tall, that could be just a guy. Just a guy being a dude. <laughs> a possibility, but consider this. Would just a guy have long quills along its spine that some people claim could also serve as wings? I don't know how that's physically possible, but apparently, wings! This chupacabra also apparently leaves behind a foul sulfur stench. Always love to see it. And it hops like a kangaroo. As a perfume sommelier, 
I can tell you, <laughs> that is the worst smell I've ever tasted. I've tasted a lot of different perfumes in my day, <laughs> and let me tell you, that is the top ten worst. I immediately need to know more. Please describe this sulfur taste. Okay, so it's like, um, it's kind of like the worst version of mayo that you can think of. And I don't like mayo, so that's why. <laughs> but it's like, um, okay, you know sour cream, how before you mix it, it's got that like watery layer on top? Say it's less. It's like if mayo had that. <laughs> I regret asking, but thank you for sharing. You're welcome. Explicitly, sulfur smell is 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 like rotten eggs. It's the undertones that you're really missing. That's why I'm the sommelier. All right. Now that we have a very vivid picture of that sulfur smell and taste, question mark. Um, again, the all in a day's work. <laughs> all in a day's work. Um, so it again hops like a kangaroo. But some other people report that it can run on all four legs or carry itself in a more, like, ape-like walking style. So it's ape-like there, just monkey-like in the original description. We are apes! <laughs> Humans are apes! <laughs> Explicitly, bipedal is ape-like! <laughs> We're ape-like... But we don't have alienish eyes and or skin. We have so much skin. <laughs> so much skin uncovered by fur. Listen, Grace, speak for yourself, okay? Not all of us and maybe not all of our listeners have skin, okay? <laughs> we need to be sensitive. Cursed. I was literally going to say, maybe you have so much skin. <laughs> People have much skin. Actually, statistical error. Skin Georg. Excuse the results. <laughs> <laughs> Our Tumblr face is showing we gotta move on, folks. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. Please, no. Um, so moving on to the canine chupacabra. Um, this version is said to be smaller and has been described as being mostly hairless with pronounced fangs, claws, and a spinal ridge. None of those funky little long quill wings, but spinal ridge. So you mean Gollum? Damn, we have... Large human... oval eyes. <laughs> we have human that needs to go to the doctor and Gollum. <laughs> I will say... The picture that I saw when I googled did look, like, I did say Harry Potter werewolf earlier. I will add an addendum of Harry, po Harry Potter werewolf mixed with Gollum. Also, maybe it's just a stegosaurus. <laughs> maybe. We gotta throw dinosaurs in there some way or another. This is a cryptid theory after all. Ooh, last little note about the canine version, by the way. These species, this species is apparently also referred to as blue dogs, which gives a much more pleasant, cute image that, than the actual form. Woohoo. Is it blue as in actually blue or blue as in like how cats are blue? Probably the latter. Yeah. 
but blue cats are the cutest. Um, all in all, though, there have been over 2,000 re total reports of both types of chupacabra combined. So these guys, however they look, get around. Um, investigations into the chupacabra and what known creature or creatures it could actually be seem to mainly center on the livestock crime scenes it leaves behind. So here's where we get back into the gore and fun. Um, so unidentified three-toed tracks have been found at some of the death sites. Um, and zoologists could not match these prints to those of any known animal. Um, and those three toes are notable as they could potentially explain the puncture wounds left on um, victims' chests and necks. Though a lot of other um, sightings attribute those to the creature's teeth instead. I'm just like picturing this thing like sprinting and then just like kicking these sheep. <laughs> Absolutely punting them. The Chupacabra is a black belt in karate and just really wants to show off. Yeah, like, look, Dad, look what I can do. <laughs> Check out this deadly high kick. That combined with the jumping, it, I think that means that the Chupacabra has both sweet flips and sick kicks. Or sick flips <laughs> and sweet kicks. Heck yeah. Either way, it's got both of them. Good for them. Good for them. Um, ooh, an another notable element about these crime scenes is the carcasses that the creature leaves behind um, are consistently said to be uneaten, but um, almost completely drained of all their blood. And the original reports of blood sucking were never confirmed by a necropsy or necropsy, however you pronounce that. Um, which is the only medical way to determine how much a blood how much blood a creature has lost. So maybe it's like a screwed up vampire werewolf hybrid in desperate need of orthodontia. Although mm, I mean, not that I believe in this, but wouldn't it be funny if I did? <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> that would be such a plot turn. twist. Don't believe in Mothman. Don't believe in Bigfoot. But I do believe in vampires and werewolves. Yeah, that would be very good. <laughs> The twist Grace we almost, leave for the end of the season. Grace almost just got caught slipping. <laughs> Grace is still stuck in her Twilight era. <laughs> it's my What We Do in the Shadows era. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, actually. God, you know what? You do bring up a very good point with the um vampire thing, because actually... Um, the Chupacabra was thought to be, like, a half-human vampire creature, and, um, one of its aliases is actually El Vampiro de Mocha. So Grace is just on some next level, and we are, in fact, the ones that need to revert back to our Twilight phases. So, going back to the matter of the drained creatures, um, there was no necropsy done on the original ones, but that being said... A Puerto Rican vet veterinarian named Dr. David Morales was a homie and analyzed over 3,000 reported victims of the chupacabra um, and discovered that they had not, in fact, been bled dry and the bodies still had a pretty significant amount of blood left. That's because they were just punted. 
The chupacabra hunted them for sport. It's no, not even a carnivore. He punted them for sport. He didn't hunt them. He punted them. What You're right. The difference? You're right. Thank you for correcting me. <laughs> the chupacabra is not even a carnivore. It just wants to assert <laughs> dominance. Um, physical bodies of creatures thought to be chupacabras have been brought to officials since, at the very least, 2010. Um, some of which were brought in by animal control, so got some credibility there. Um, but in almost all cases, these animal bodies were identified to be coyotes, dogs, or canine hybrids, suffering from extreme cases of mange. Oh, I was thinking rabies, maybe. Another very s- scary disease. <laughs> God, yeah. Have you guys seen mange? It's, like, gross. Yeah. It, yeah, I got curious and, like, Googled animals with mange just so I could, like, Whoa. get a better picture. Rip. <laughs> yeah, Brie, that noise was correct. <laughs> um... But if you're like me and um, didn't really know the full picture of what mange is, um, this is going to get a little gross again. It is a painful and potentially fatal skin condition that, among other symptoms, affects an animal's loss of hair and appearance of the skin. Um, And an infection can also cause exhaustion, which means it would be much easier to go after livestock than usual prey groups. Fun little fact for you. Also, in terms of the chupacabra killing but not consuming its prey. Oh, I was just gonna say it can't be a dog because dogs don't have like the kicking force required. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they also have more than three toes. Checkmate, scientists. <laughs> okay, I Cal like you. I'm dumb and decided to Google mange. Uh, oh no. Which, like, led to some very sad images of dogs, yes. But more grossly, led to a few diagrams of what the, like, of, like, what the parasite looks like and how it does what it does. And oh, honestly, no. that was so much worse than the sad dogs. The real it monster. Was nasty, y'all. It, it, it looked like tick diagrams, kind of. The real monster of this episode isn't the chupacabra, it's mange, baby. It's parasites, baby. It's parasites. It's It's the mange we found along the way. (laughs) It's the mites that burrowed under our skin along the way. Ew, why would you say that? (laughs) Because it's what happened. I had to research mange for this episode. If I have to know, so do you. Did you have to research mange for this episode, or did you choose to research mange for this episode? I am being called out and promptly have to move on now. <laughs> Oopsie. Oops. <laughs> oh no, perceived for my actions. Um, oh, but in terms of the chupacabra killing but not consuming its prey and demonstrating those sweet, sweet high kicks... Um, canines can actually kill and not eat their prey due to either inexperience or some factor, for example, an injury, making it harder to kill or eat. Morals. 
And morals. And morals. Just, you know what? They felt bad. That's some, that's some, like, vegan talking right there. If you're gonna (laughs) kill something and not eat it. No, 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 no. If you're gonna kill it, use it. Eat the damn thing. I mean, unless it's gonna make you sick. That's, like, a different case. But, like, come on now. Don't waste your damn food. But what if the coyote's sleepy? (laughs) Clean plate cub club, baby. (laughs) Good point. Um, very small bright side to try and shift the mood after all of this fun, fun mites talk. Humans have evolved to the point where our immune system, um, pretty instantly neutralizes infections caused by mites. So at the very least, we'll never have to experience this particular issue and I'm taking all the wins I can get. I will say that is mostly, um, fleas can transmit oh shoot what's it called typhus yeah fleas can Mm. transmit typhus so i will not say always although these are um like body fleas not or not fleas um lice these are so body lice will transmit typhus which could kill you so you know scratching off that little bright try not to get try not to like if you get lice you know Take care of that. Yeah. Kevin Keel, who's a wildlife specialist, um, specifically in diseases that regularly works with coyotes, speaks up about it being understandable that a lot of um, supposed chupacabra witnesses might not be able to identify manged animals. Um, and again, this is a very sad topic, but I do love this quote he gave. It still looks like a coyote. Just a really sorry excuse of a coyote. Hey, you really have to insult the coyote like that? <laughs> like, it's already dead, dude. Come on, give it a rest. It's already got mange. They didn't ask for mange. <laughs> They're just obs- as upset about this as you are. Last time I checked, there aren't, like coyote dermatologists what do you want them to do dude (laughs) hey maybe you need to rethink your beauty standards for coyotes listen people might not have universal health care but coyotes don't even have any so (laughs) got a good point pour one out for coyotes man specifically this one that got just absolutely dissed by Kevin Keel. Um, so, to be fair, I feel pretty confident dismissing canine chupacabra sightings at this point. Sorry, Brie. Um, but that doesn't explain the reptilian ones. And it's worth noting that um, the originally described chupacabra with those more alien-esque qualities became mistranslated and misattributed over time to the point where public understanding sided more with the canine version. Maybe it was a Komodo dragon. Their skin looks kind of weird sometimes. They're like... They do be funky. Right? Or no, is it a Komodo dragon that's like super toxic? Yes, it is, because I was very afraid of them growing up. Uh. Um, 
I'm pretty sure, unless I'm losing my mind. But um, also, new fear unlocked by Pedal Komodo Dragon. <laughs> no, it's the Gila Monster. The Gila Monster. Yeah. I'll, I'll have to cover um, that in the next season. Listen, okay? The reptilian one has to exist, or else how do you explain my perfume sommelier skills? And, like, being able to vividly <laughs> describe that. Checkmate, yeah. Checkmate. Uh, Komodo dragons have a shark-like teeth and a poisonous venom that can kill a person within hours of a bite, so they are also very toxic. Yeah. They also cannot punt a sheep. Okay. <laughs> An excellent point. <laughs> Both things can stand. Both kimono dragons being. Oh. Terrifying. Komodo dragons are also like the ones that'll basically give you syphilis or not syphilis, uh, sepsis, sepsis immediately. Yeah, because they have like hella bacteria and stuff in their mouth. Now I have this fear. Oh, <laughs> We're in the Pacific Northwest. Oh, bummer. I got syphilis from a Komodo dragon. <laughs> oh no. Sorry, you're actually thinking of koalas. They're the ones that will give you syphilis. I thought that was gonorrhea. <laughs> no, it's chlamydia. It is chlamydia, <laughs> you're right. I think, hey, folks, don't get chlamydia. Or if you do, you know, get tested. <laughs> get medication. Sorry. <laughs> Hold on. Hey, folks. Are you trying to find your cryptid in your local neighborhood? Please make sure that you do so safely and wear proper protection when doing so. I thought doing- This episode has been sponsored by Trojan. <laughs> I thought doing in-depth research into freaking mange was gonna be the worst part of this episode, but I have decided. No, it's this. Did you know syphilis used to get treated with malaria before, like, antibiotics existed? If you had syphilis and you wanted to get rid of it, they would give you malaria because malaria would raise your body temperature up to the point where it would kill the syphilis. But then we had a cure for malaria, which was quinine. Hi, friends. Are you trying to find a cure for your syphilis? Try malaria. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what folks. What go wrong? <laughs> Hey folks, don't treat your syphilis with malaria. We have antibiotics now. Hey folks, what's going on? <laughs> I'm trapped in a hell loop. Hey folks, free me. Hey folks, now that we've cleared up where you can and cannot get your syphilis from, make sure you use protection for other wink types of diseases. God damn children. I hope you have you, Cal. Hey folks, help. <laughs> God, I'm gonna get us out of this loop by just dropping I am moving on to another insane chupacabra fact, and we're just gonna pretend this conversation never happened. Ahem. On the believer side, some people theorize that the chupacabra was a being or pet left behind by outer space visitors. Talk about this instead of cryptid condoms, please, I beg of you. I do love me the idea of an alien dog. 
Facts. I was gonna say, so it is a fucked up dog. <laughs> it's a friend. Just, it's, it's a fucked up dog that's supposed to look like that. Hello, <laughs> folks. Are you looking for your latest cryptid? Try looking up. The sky may be the answer. <laughs> is it You're... not the fear entities in Magnus Arc? <laughs> or at least one of them? Oh, yeah. Look at the sky. It's looking back. It's a bird, aka Sandhill Crane. It's aliens. <laughs> it's the Mothman. We're always looking in the wrong direction. It's not down, it's up. Actually, Nope taught us the exact opposite. I'm scratching that point. No. Wait, team, team, our podcast network is called Which Ways Up? <gasps> We've hacked, we've hacked the code. We knew it all along. It was with us all along. <laughs> it's up. More evidence that it's birds. <laughs> it's all, it's all traces back to birds. You're right. I am especially afraid of underground aliens, though. <laughs> the only place the aliens come from. So I will say others think... That instead of just simply a space alien or alien pet, um, the chupacabra may be a scientist bred alien animal hybrid, which is so much more gross to me personally. <laughs> scientist, where is your funding going? I need the receipts. I'm gonna say this once. No. Do you know how I'm much work say that would this be? Once, and then they gave it mange <laughs> as if being like to some... add insult to injury. <laughs> yeah. Or more injury to insult, I guess. Either way, salt in the wounds. <laughs> they created you from scratch and then they made you ugly on purpose. <laughs> God creates man, man creates fucked up dog. Dog kills God. I feel like this episode can be summed up by Steve Buscemi's quote from Spy Kids. Do you think God stays up in heaven because he too lives in fear of what he's created? Do you think goat stays up in heaven? A deep but accurate quote. God is a sandhill crane. God is a sandhill crane. If God is a sandhill crane, he deserves for us to go get him. Don't trust birds, folks. Um, so that is the believer side, wild takes. Um, on the non-believer side, it is worth noting, I say this with regrets, that the movie Species had opened in Puerto Rico right before the 1995 sightings. Um, and the horror movie features a monster with a curiously similar appearance to the original Chupacabra. <laughs> um, or the Chupacabra just inspired it. <gasps> a good point. The muse. Listen, maybe some cryptids are just fear-induced hallucinations. <laughs> maybe. Or and maybe that's people, okay. Or maybe people just like 
take drugs after watching a horror movie and <laughs> see some shit. You said it was in the 70s, right? The 90s, which still oh, fits. 90s. Eh, st- still. I still stand by that. Benjamin Radford supports this theory in his book, Tracking the Chupacabra, as he revealed that Madeline Tolentino, the witness who gave the OG Chupacabra sighting, had indeed seen the film and allegedly believed that its occurrences were real. (laughs) Which I will say, though, in her defense, because of the language barrier and telephone game approach that Chupacabra stories tend to have, I'm not completely confident that this isn't, like, a demeaning slash racist instance of, oh, aren't these people silly? They'll just believe anything. And I have no evidence to support that, but like, it's it's worth noting that a lot of a lot of this seems to get lost in translation, even in the sources I was referencing for this. Um, before we move to wrapping up, I would just love to share some highlights from an infographic I found, um, in just like one of my sources, very randomly, that reads exactly like a dating profile. So. We have, it gives us very nice sections, um, name, El Chupacabra, nickname, Chupa slash Goat Sucker, alias, El Vampiro de Mocha, again, love that, um, closest quote-unquote known relative is the Jersey Devil, I could not find anything that linked the Chupacabra and the Jersey Devil except for this one graphic. So I do not know how they made this leap, but I need answers. Someone said, wouldn't it be funny if I just... (laughs) I'm about to create some mythos that will be so confusing. But moving right along, we have um, weight unknown, eyes very large, often red. Very large, you say? Large and dreamy? Question mark? Um, Build is... Quasi-simian kangaroo reptile. Those are so many syllables and I do not understand the overall impression, but good for them. Good for them. And finally, for likes, we have goats, chickens, cows, horses, dogs, cats, ducks, and travel. Alright, but the reason I'm closing us out with the Chupacabra is because I feel like this cryptid brings up a number of elements that we have not talked about yet in this podcast. Namely, diet and kill count. What are we thinking for our own guy? I'm still thinking about, like, mysterious three toes for punting purposes. (laughs) It's just, like, the perfect angle. To really get a good grip. I can tell you what we don't want. Mange. Mm-mm. Yes, our, <laughs> our cryptid what needs to... What we don't the... want. What we don't want. Mange. Syphilis. Gonorrhea. Chlamydia. <laughs> Fleas. Typhus. What else have we gone over? Komodo ba- dragon bites or Gila monster bites. <laughs> Make our cryptid immune to all the bad... The bad, terrible diseases. No, thank you. Our cryptid will be our mute. Our cryptid will be the thing that just Mothra-style defeats COVID 
for good. Our cryptid will be the thing that we discover the next anti- like the next version of antibiotics from, so we don't have to worry about antibiotic resistance. What about the little quills? <gasps> Ooh, the quills are an excellent. Spine spikes. The quill wings. Mm. Spine wings, quill wings. <laughs> yes, queen. Um. Uh, number one, I was gonna say, um, our cryptid is gonna cure all known diseases. Um, <gasps> Excellent. But uh, also, I do love the idea of the quills, especially because they don't need to be wings because our cryptid is already floating. Very true. I think we have also given our cryptid wings though in multiple episodes previously. We have absolutely given our cryptid wings. <laughs> yeah, and for both Mothman and Jersey Devil, I think. Yep. Um, what can you say? When it's when you know it, you know it. What if we give it like I mean, I know you didn't cover this um in the actual description, but what about a voluptuous ass? Just I'm pretty sure we put that in during Mothman. Oh, we We had to have. We did a we did a lot of statue talk. (laughs) I think that was actually the first thing I said for Mothman was we need to. No, I meant this episode. This episode. Mm. This episode we have reestablished. Dad ass needs to. If it's kangaroo like, um, much like I'm pretty sure we said during Mothman, can we give it like sick abs? Because have you seen kangaroos? They're jacked as hell. Like, I don't scarily. want people to want to have sex with our cryptid. That has also been well established. Um, the quills. I love a little mohawk of quills, maybe. Like Ooh. I gave my little drawing here. Um, also, an artist. Likes triangles. <laughs> our cryptid knows their shapes. <laughs> what if, like, our cryptid just has, like, a little triangle bandana <gasps> that's filled with other triangles like it's a triangle oh my brand- gosh and it's just like a mascot that goes around to different like kindergarten classes to teach geometry <laughs> while floating and generous generally looking just absolutely terrifying i think that's a great way to introduce yes. cryptids to children what could go wrong <laughs> I agree. Absolutely nothing. Especially not that we have an established diet yet. I will say I am a fan of the triangular bite. I think our cryptid being in need of some orthodontia is really funny. (laughs) Oh, yes. Let's give our cryptid braces. (laughs) Listen, I had three phases of braces, so our cryptid wouldn't have to. That's funnier than anything I could have said. (laughs) My teeth were too jacked for braces. No, my jaw was too messed up for them. Your jaw said, I'm built different. (laughs) I'm built built different. I'm built worse. (laughs) What if we give our cryptid a sponsorship? Ooh. I think we have explicitly established that our cryptid is not into capitalism, though, so that would be a slippery slope. Yeah, my vote personally would be to go the, like, vegetarian, at the very least vegetarian-leaning route, 
Um, I know how Jurassic Park ended, and I don't want that for our boy. What if what if our cryptid just photosynthesizes? <gasps> Even better. I like this. I wish I could photosynthesize. <laughs> it would be a real time saver. Especially and I like if I was having like sensory issues with food, you know? Yeah, and Stand especially outside for a while. Especially when that narrow spicy brain keeps forgetting mealtime. Just some sunshine, that's the dream. Heck yeah. That would our cryptid would have to gravitate towards Ooh, it depends on how like charged its quote unquote battery needs to be by sunshine before it can go travel and be in like darker states. Are you saying that our cryptid has to spend some time in Arizona before it goes to Forks, Washington? <laughs> that is absolutely what I am saying, yes. It, it's got to terrify some Arizonians before doing anything, to clarify, <laughs> regardless of sun intake. Um, alright, I'm feeling pretty good about diet, though. That photosynthesis really just gets the moral high ground. Um... Do we still want to have a kill count, though? <laughs> yes. Our cryptid <laughs> is an avenging angel. Thank you very much. I think um, our cryptid, instead of having a kill count, should have a body count, and we should count how many cryptids it has slept with. We just said we don't want this cryptid to have people want to have sex with it. Brie, you just said this! <laughs> okay. But we don't want our listeners to want to have, like, relationships with our cryptid. Our cryptid is sentient and wants <laughs> love and should be able to have that. I'm pretty sure people are going to want to, you know, sleep with our guy if we make it sexual in any way. Our cryptid is asexual. I don't want to think about our cryptid son having sex, okay? <laughs> I am also... Oh, I'm also saying our cryptid is not only asexual in the, like, LGBTQIA sort of way, but also asexual in the he replicates through meiosis. Mitosis? Mitosis. This boy replicates through mitosis. Excellent. In this kind of... In case I, in that case, I really want to cut meat from its diet because otherwise, I know how Godzilla turned out. Also, I also would like to say that when we refer as boy, I think we've been using indeterminate pronouns this whole time. I think our cryptid is gender fluid. Gender fluid. <laughs> gender fluids can just do that. <laughs> you know, there comes a time in every young cryptid's life where they start experiencing feelings for other cryptids. <laughs> and we can't just, you know, shelter our young cryptid from everything. We were almost out. Why did you bring us back? <laughs> All right. Because I wasn't called on. We, we will have LGBTQ plus ally strictly in that list of qualities for our cryptids. I will give our cryptid the choice of discovering their identity for themselves. 
I will say. Um, it's really kind of off topic, but not really. What if our cryptid has really bad seasonal allergies? <laughs> That's their folly. <laughs> like, doesn't need food to exist. Has the sneezies. Strengths, the coolest cryptid to ever exist. Weaknesses, orthodontics, allergies. <laughs> Let's give our cryptid asthma. <laughs> Finally, some good representation. <laughs> and on that note. So what you're saying is we're just turning our cryptid into me? <laughs> Oh no, it was projecting all along. And on that note, this was our last cryptid dive of the season. We have um, one more episode left where we'll use our new knowledge and research to bring our ultimate cryptid to life, allergies and all. So be sure to stay tuned. That being said, thank you so much for listening, as always. And if you come across a reptilian or canine friend in the southern part of the Americas, Say hi to the chupacabra for us, just from a safe distance. Bye! Bye! Bye.